We're beginning a new series this morning, finding out from the scripture what it means to be strong and how we can be strong. The reality is no matter who we are, no matter our age, no matter our physical abilities, no matter where we might live, no matter how much money we might have in the bank, no matter how much popularity we might have, you can be strong in the Lord. And we're going to find out how our strength comes from God and how we can tap into that strength to be the people of God that God has called us to be. We're going to find all of this in the book of First Samuel. We're going to start this morning in chapter 8, looking at verse 4 and following, where the people of Israel thought they knew what they needed. They thought they had it figured out. They thought they knew what they needed to be strong. We'll find out. Not. Uh, and in that passage, we'll also find out how we can sometimes be fooled into searching for strength in the wrong things and where we can find real strength in God. Again, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 8 this morning. I don't know about you, but when I go grocery shopping, I always try to make a list before I go. You know, write down milk and cereal and bread and, and, and whatever it might be that, that we need to buy. Now, I, I've learned my lesson. If I don't make a list, two things are going to happen. First, invariably, I'll forget something that I needed. I'll I'll get to the store and I'll I'll look through and try to find it. And and then I'll forget what it was I was looking for. And I'll get home and realize, oh, I was supposed to buy milk. And I'll have to go back to the store and buy it again. Or I'll buy something that I don't really need. Grocery stores are, are just amazing at this. They put right at eye level those things that we don't really need. But boy, they look really good. Those bubblegum Pop-Tarts, i got to try those out. But the main reason that I make a list is I don't enjoy going to the grocery store at all. And I sure don't want to have to go there twice. I want to get in. I want to get out. And so I make a list Not only of the items that I need, but I also put down where they are in the store so I can get to them, get in the checkout line, get back home. It would have been very helpful if the people of Israel had stopped for a moment and made a list. And even more importantly, they should have consulted the list. They should have looked to the scripture to determine what it was that God knew they needed. Had they done so, they could have avoided literally centuries of despair. But in this moment, they, instead of looking to the scripture, they look to the nations around them and decide they know exactly what it is they don't have and exactly what it is they needed to be strong. They decide in 1 Samuel chapter 8 that they desperately need a king. And their misguided desire would lead to all kinds of problems, not only for that generation of Israelites, but for generations to come, if they had only stopped and asked the Lord, they would have known what they needed. And we will too. This morning, I want us to take a look in this passage to find out how we can know what it is that we need 
And then we can know where to find what it is that we need. Let's look at the first half of that equation. To to know how to be strong, we've got to know what it is we need to be strong. The people of Israel thought they knew. They thought they had figured out how to make their nation strong. They needed a king. Now, the way they came up with that was they looked at all the surrounding nations. And as they saw these nations that they considered to be strong nations, and they looked at them and they looked at themselves, and there actually were a number of very significant differences between them and the nations surrounding them. But the one that they noticed was that these other nations had a king and they did not. You'll, you'll remember it. In this time period, the nation of Israel was, was governed by judges, men and women that God had, had placed in authority over the nation. And, and those judges had, had guided the nation according to God's command. Now, sometimes they did well. Some, some of the judges were better than, than others. But the system was set up to recognize that God was their king. And these judges then would impart God's command to the people. But the people of Israel looked around and the other nations didn't do that. They all had kings. And so they decided that's what they needed. We'll pick this up in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations Now, now there were a few holes in their theory. And Samuel said, you know, guys, I've got to pray about this. And so he does. He he goes to God and he says, God, this doesn't sound exactly right. Is it right? And God showed him. That in fact, the direction that the people were going was absolutely wrong. And so in verses 10 through 18, Samuel comes back to the people and tries to explain to them what the Lord had said to him. Uh, Verse 10, Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and will make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Now, if you're going to be a soldier, the place to be is not in front of the chariots. The place to be a soldier is behind the chariots. Because if you're in front of the chariots, that means you're on the front line. That means that you're going into battle, the first arrows that were shot at the army, those arrows would be aimed at you. In other words, Samuel was telling him, well, here's the first thing the king's going to do. He is going to take your sons and make them be the human shields for his soldiers. He's going to put them in front of to take on the brunt of the battle so that his soldiers can look like they are heroic marching into battle when, in fact, it's your sons that are dying. But it didn't stop there. 
In the verses that follow, Samuel describes how the king would make them plow his fields, would make them bring in his harvest, would make them build his weapons, would make them harvest his vineyards, would take their livestock, their grain, their harvest, and would make it his own. They would become as virtual slaves to this king that they so desperately wanted. So that talked them out of it, right? After Samuel went to them and said, hey, this is what the Lord's told me. Here's what's going to happen if you get a king. Your sons are going to be sent in the battle. They're going to be put on the front lines. They're all going to die. And the king is going to take all of your property. He's going to take all of your harvest. He's going to take everything that you have and make it his. So you don't want a king, right? Uh, Not so much. Verse 19, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. After Samuel had explained to them all the things the Lord had told him, the reasons why a king would be a really, really bad idea for the nation of Israel, the people basically answered, no, we, we really want a king. problem was, they didn't really know what it was that they needed. If you're like me and you grew up back in the 60s and 70s and read comic books, I know that you wanted some of these. You can admit it this morning. It's a long time since then, so you can admit it now. You wanted some X-ray vision glasses. In the back of every comic book, there was an advertisement complete with a kid holding up his hand where he could see the bones in his fingers. And for $4.99 plus shipping, you could have your own pair of X-ray glasses. So I saved up my quarters until I had the $4.99 plus shipping. Now, it did say very clearly in the ad, do not mail cash, but quarters was all I had. So I took a piece of construction paper and I taped $6 worth quarters onto that piece of construction paper. I put it in an envelope, put an address somewhere in Indiana, wherever the X-ray vision glasses factory was. I sent off my money. I was going to be just like that kid. I was going to be able to see the bones in my fingers. I'm still waiting. I'm not sure if my quarters ever actually made it to the x-ray glass headquarters. My guess it was probably hijacked somewhere along the way. But truth is, it doesn't matter. The glasses didn't actually work. They don't really give you x-ray vision. And even if they did, the bones in your fingers aren't really all that interesting anyway. People of Israel made a very similar mistake with much worse consequences than just losing a few quarters. The fact of the matter is, they didn't need a king any more than a 10-year-old kid in Texas needed x-ray glasses. The kings and the other nations, these kings that they thought were so great, they really weren't all that great. In fact, they were terrible. And the Lord showed Samuel why. The Lord gave Samuel all the terrible things that those kings were doing to those nations. 
When we think there is something that we need, we need to stop and do what Samuel did. We need to stop and ask God to give us a very clear vision of what it is we really need. That will not only save you some really bad purchases, but even more importantly, it will help you focus on those things that you really do need. Because when we discover what it is we need, that's not enough. We also need to know where to go to get it. The people of Israel could have had hundreds of years without all the pain and the struggle that they were about to bring on themselves if they had just done what Samuel said the Lord told them to do. But they didn't. Verse 6 and 1 Samuel 8, But when they said, Give us a king, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. Now, to be completely honest, Samuel's disagreement with the request of the people was not entirely straightforward either. Uh, and, and, and they answered a part of this in, in their request to Samuel. Uh, Samuel had set up a system where his sons would become the judges after he had died. But unfortunately, as we read in, in the scripture, his sons did not follow the Lord. They weren't exactly the quality people that Samuel wanted them to be. But even though Samuel was imperfect, and this is a great lesson in the Scripture. You know, sometimes we have these heroes of Scripture and we think of, of them as being just these perfect people. And we think, well, I could never be that perfect. I make a lot of mistakes. I, you know, I could never live up to that level. But the reality is the people of the Scripture are people just like us. Samuel was, was someone just like you and me. Uh, he had some things that he did wrong. His vision wasn't always as clear as it needed to be. But even in his imperfections, in this instance, Samuel stops and does the right thing. He goes to God. We will sometimes agree with decisions that we make. We sometimes will disagree, and sometimes not for all the right reasons. But we can always take those decisions to the Lord. And God will not only show us what we need, God will provide us with what we need. God gave to Samuel, and through Samuel, God gave to the people the exact wisdom that they needed in this situation. The fact is, God had promised the nation of Israel a king. All the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14, God had said that the nation of Israel would have a king. But the day of Samuel was not the right timing. Now, that's something important. Sometimes we can want the right thing, but it's just not the right time. 
or more significantly, it's just not in God's timing. God had all of this in control. The people were rightfully concerned that Samuel's sons were not going to be the kinds of judges that they should have been. And they were right. The problem is they decided to take that problem into their own hands. Instead of going to the Lord, they went to Samuel. And instead of seeking the Lord's wisdom, they looked around to the nations around them and took their wisdom. And said, okay, we got this figured out. We just need a king right now, today. Samuel, go get us a king. What they really needed to do was to trust the Lord. To go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, Samuel's aging. He's not going to be judged forever. We need to know what's next. We, We need to know how we need to prepare for what the next step is. But instead... They made the decision on their own. And interestingly, this is what happens in the scripture. God gives them what they want. Verse 7 of 1 Samuel 8 says, And the Lord told him, Samuel, listen to all the pe- what all the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. And then down to verse 21, when Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. So the people got what they wanted. And God used it to show them it wasn't what they needed. They had to learn. And the only one that could truly give them what they needed was not a king. The only one who could truly give them what they needed was God. Years ago, David Letterman had a bit where he went to a store in New York called Just Bulbs. And he interviewed the owner of the store and he asked her what she sold there. And she said, well, I, I sell light bulbs. But, you know, just bulbs, I sell light bulbs. And, and she took him around and showed him all the different kind of light bulbs that, that she sold. They had incandescent and fluorescent and big ones and short ones and all kinds of wattage. And he said, well, well, I really need a shade for my lamp. Do you have any lampshades? And she said, no, this store is just bulbs. If you want a lampshade, you've got to go to a store that sells shades. So he goes down the street to a, short, a store called Just Shades. And so he goes in and he interviews the owner of the, the Just Shades store. And, and she takes him around and shows him all the different kinds of shades she has. She, she has white ones and red ones and blue ones and big ones and small ones and tall ones and short ones. And he says, well, you, you know, I really need a lamp for my lampshade. Do you have any lamps? And she said, no, <laughs> this is just shades. If you want shades, you don't go to a store called Just Bulbs. If you want a lamp, you don't go to a store called Just Shades. You not only need to know what it is you need, you need to know where to go to get it. The people of Israel thought that they needed a king. 
But what they really needed, they already had. What they really needed was God. They had a legitimate problem. The sons of Samuel were not fit to lead the nation of Israel. That was a real problem. They recognized that problem. And and more importantly, God recognized that problem. But the solution was not to go to the nations around them and, and follow their example. The solution was to go to God. And the same is always going to be true for us. So what is it that you need today? We all have needs. We all have situations in our life that that come up. Sometimes our needs are just the everyday kind of needs that we have. Sometimes we have enormous needs that come up in our life. Tremendous difficulties that we are facing Great challenges that have come upon us. What is your need today? Let me invite you to take that need to God. And I know that most of us do that. Most of us were people of prayer. We go to the Lord and we say, Lord, you know, I've got this health issue. I've got this issue with my family. I've got this issue at my job. I've got this issue with this problem in my life. And, and I really need your guidance, Lord. And then what do we do? We start looking around at the neighbors. <laughs> we say, well, Lord, they got a bigger car than I do. Lord, they're not going through the problems that I'm going through. Lord, seems like they've got something I don't have. Maybe I need what they've got. And unfortunately, when we add that second step in, we're doing just what the nation of Israel did. We need to recognize that what we all desperately need is God. Period. And that's really hard in in our humanness, in in, in our earthly shell. It is really, really hard for us to recognize that all we need, we have in Jesus. That's really tough to see. But it's true. It's why Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Did he mean we'd all be rich? No. Did he mean that we would all be well? No. The disciples were neither one of those. They were neither rich. And according to Christian history, all but one of them died a martyr's death. They were not well either. So what did Jesus mean when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you? What he meant was, you have everything you need in me. Whatever your circumstance may be, whatever you're facing in life, you have everything that you need in Jesus. That was hard for the nation of Israel to see. They, they knew they had God. They knew they were the people of God. And yet they said, 
yeah, but we also need a king. And any time we do that, when we say, yeah, I'm a child of the king, but I also need, whoops. Whenever we have that, but, yeah, I also need, no. All we need is Jesus. If we can just remember that, we can save ourselves incredible despair. We can save our families from terrible situations. We can save our nation and our world. If we can just remember that all we need, we have in Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we look at the nation of Israel and their desires to have a king in a time that it was not your timing, it's easy for us from this perspective to say, why couldn't they see how terrible a decision this was going to be? And yet, Heavenly Father, we do the same thing. We recognize that we are your people. We recognize that, that we know the Lord. And then we think, but I also need, and then we fill in the blank with all kinds of things. And Lord, number one, you know our needs. You know exactly what it is that we need in our life. And we can trust you with that. But secondly, Lord, we need to understand that everything we need, we have in you. So help us do that, Lord, this morning. Help us to see that what we desperately need, we have in Jesus. For it is in his precious name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's, a, it's an opportunity for you to respond to what God is doing in your life this morning. Maybe you're here and, and you're thinking, well, you know... I do need Jesus, but I don't really know that I have him. There's never really been a time in my life where I have entrusted my life into Jesus' hands. I know about Jesus, I know the stories, but, but there's never really been a time that I have really said all I need is Jesus. And this morning we want to help you do that. If there's never been a, a time in your life that you personally have confessed your need to Christ, recognized your, your sinfulness, which we all are, we've all turned away from the Lord. We all desperately need His grace. There's not been a time that, that you've done that. You've turned to the Lord and said, Lord, I desperately need You. And that you have trusted Him as your Lord and Savior. We want to invite you to do that today. Now, normally we would invite you to come here to the front. We can't do that right now because of the virus. But we do have a way for you to, to make that commitment that decision in your life. And we want to help you to do that. Uh, there in the pew racks before you, there's some cards. You can just take that card out and fill in your contact information. And there's a checkbox that says, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Just check that box. And then as you leave this morning, place it in one of these baskets at the exit doors. We'll contact you. And, and we'll show you in, in God's Word how you can do that. We'll just give you a phone call and say, hey, look, pull out your Bible. Let me show you some stuff that what Jesus has done for you. How Jesus can be your Lord and Savior right now. You just give us your information so we can contact you. We would love to share with you how you can do that. Maybe there's another decision that God's placed on your heart. Maybe you know the Lord, but you need a church home. And you're wondering how you can be a part of National Heights. Uh, again, just fill out your contact information. There's a checkbox that says, I want to be a member of this church. Place that in the basket. We'll be glad to contact you and let you know how you can do that.
you're watching us online, you can email us at nhbc at nationalheights.org. And we'll be glad to get that information to you as well, either how to receive Christ as your Savior or how to be part of this church. Maybe there are other prayer needs that you have. We, we certainly invite you to use this as an opportunity to just have a time between you and your Heavenly Father. Or, or maybe this morning you, you've kind of gotten into that same trap that the nation of Israel fell into. You say, yeah, all I need, I've got in Jesus, but also need. <laughs> and you want to stop yourself and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have taken my focus off you and I've started thinking I need all these other things. And you're, you're still there. You're still in control. You're going to take care of that. And I, I need to trust you. And Lord, here are the areas of my life where I need help. Here are the areas where I have concerns. But Lord, more than anything else, I just need you. Perhaps that would be your prayer this morning as we sing together.